Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with the man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kenoki. That's me. Today it's back to school with Kendra Ferguson, CPA and CFO, and me, Mike Kenoki, carpenter who became a contractor who didn't know how to be a contractor, but definitely knew how to be an excellent carpenter. We're going to talk about why you should farm this out to someone else, this work. We're going to talk about a great story about how Kendra saved this company and got them on the right trajectory, and then how you should go about finding a CPA that suits you. Because as she will say over and over, you need a CPA that has construction experience because doing books for construction companies is different. Without further ado, let's get going. Hey everybody, I'm back today with a very special guest. It's Kendra Ferguson, CPA, and you can find her on our website or Kendra Ferguson CPA, all one word on Instagram, where she has some cool videos explaining what she does, among other things. Kendra, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. And and uh, Kendra and I were just talking a bit um, about what we're going to talk about today, what we're going to walk through. But she has a bit of a backstory as to how she came into this business and uh, I'd love for you guys to hear it because it's, it's relevant to all of us as contractors. So what, sure. is, what, so, is, what is that backstory? Yeah, so I actually, I grew up in a construction related business. My parents have owned a residential water well drilling business for 43 years now, uh, which is quite a long time, longer than I've been alive. Uh, and I've, I've watched them in, in many different stages of their business. They've had really successful periods. They, you know, struggled during the recession in 2007, 8, 9, 10, and 2011. <laughs> and I, I got to see like what the ups and downs of running a business uh, in the construction industry have been like. I know what they meant for our family. I know what the stress every day of running a business and the, the toll it has on, you know, how you, you, you come home, you bring those things home with you. And, and I have that perspective just by, you know, having the luxury of kind of growing up in it. So when uh, my parents didn't want me to get into the family business, so they sent me off to college. I got uh, my bachelor's and master's degree in accounting and became a CPA. Uh, I worked in public accounting uh, for a pretty good sized firm here in North Carolina and I was there for about six years, went to a smaller firm, and then I, I broke out of public accounting where I was an auditor and became the controller of a couple of sewer rehabilitation construction companies uh, where we had you know, a, an office in Vermont and one in Pennsylvania, uh, but I stayed down here in North Carolina and traveled a little bit. And then I, I got out of construction for a short period of time and went into manufacturing where I was the controller for a pretty good sized manufacturer here in my hometown. And, decided I really love construction. And so I got out of that, I've opened my own business and I serve small contractors and uh, construction related businesses, uh, helping them with accounting and CFO services. That's awesome. 
that you have that experience uh, with your parents uh, to give you some insight into it. Uh, I didn't have any kind of experience getting into it like that uh, as mm -hmm. a builder uh, with the family and, but growing up in it, you must have a real, a real sense of, of what contractors experience. Yeah. And I mean, maybe, I know and maybe things that made mistakes that are being made. Definitely. I, I know both the good and the bad sides of it. So I know, I know what it's like to kind of struggle to with your cash flow and to, to, you know, be stressed about how you're going to pay your bills next week when you, when you have a big customer who hasn't paid you yet. Um, I know what that's like. I know how frustrating it is when uh, you are owed a lot of money and, and your, your other, your customer is really struggling with cash flow too. And they can't, they can't pay you yet. I know the stresses that that puts on a lot of businesses and, um, yeah, just I think having that kind of that insight being kind of around the industry my entire life has has really helped me, you know, connect a lot, uh, a lot more closely with a lot of my clients as as opposed to if I worked in some other industry, I didn't have such a, a strong connection to. Um, I think that personal connection really helps me better serve my clients. That's fantastic. So. Why then should someone get an accountant? Well, so if you're a smaller contractor and you haven't yet, you know, decided to hire an accountant or hire a CPA and you're doing this all on your own, you, you already know how much time it takes to kind of manage the financial side of your business. And I mean, if you, you know, are maybe not the best at staying up to date on tracking your financials, um, you know how stressful it is at the end of the year when it comes time to even do your taxes, how difficult it is to get everything together on such short notice. And by working with an accountant or a CPA, you can just rely upon the fact that your financial information will be up to date. I highly recommend working with an accountant on an ongoing basis, on a monthly basis, so that you're getting monthly financial reports um, so that you can actually see where, where money is coming into your business and where it's going out. And, and you'll know whether or not you're making or losing money. Um, so many of the smaller contractors that I end up talking to manage their business from their checkbook. And you just, you miss out on so many insights by not having a balance sheet and a profit and loss to review on a frequent, at least monthly basis. And by having an accountant, one, it holds you accountable to, to keep your stuff up to date, um, which I think is such a huge piece of it because having having someone who's expecting something from you on a monthly basis that just that makes one that makes me more likely to do things when I know that someone is counting on me you know sometimes the motivation to do things is a little hard especially if it's not something that you really love to do and a lot of contractors I talk to really don't love finance and accounting <laughs> so if it's not at the top of your list and not something you're motivated to do it just helps to have the accountability not to mention the you know, so of course it saves time, um, but really good accountants and CPAs are going to help you make more money, whether it's helping you save money from, you know, your income tax bills or, you know, just decide how profitable you are just by, you know, in terms of estimating your jobs. Are you good at estimating your jobs? Are they coming out in the way that you expect? Um, really good accountants will help you figure that out. Um, yeah, so that's kind of. So I echo, I echo that. Um, that sentiment where you talked about keeping up 
because I was wearing too many hats and I was like, I got this. I got QuickBooks. I got whatever software I needed. I'm getting my information in there real, really well for a while. And then I got insanely busy. My company really exploded. I mean, as it was. And then I just felt, I just totally fell behind. And, and it was like, finally I gave up and hired out. It took, it took three or four years for me to realize I had to do it. And I was, it, for me, it was the cost. I was like, I'm not spending that money. And now I'm like, that money, like you can charge me more because that money is so well spent because it makes so much sense to have this person who knows all the tax laws, everything that's going on. They point at the balance sheet, make sure you see certain things because we all love to blow those off too because we're contractors and we're busy and we're mm -hmm. like, okay. And the other thing, the other thing that I, that keeps coming up in my conversations with, with money people uh, since I've started this show is that yeah the bank account balance uh bank account balance accounting that contractors love to do we look at our bank accounts and we're like i'm good i'm good got this we're fine we're fine we're looking at what's got to go out what's got to come in roughly estimating our head we're like all right and that's You're, not that is not the way to do it it's unfortunately it's probably the majority what you of expect when you look at your bank account balance and then you try to mentally in your head kind of anticipate what's going to come in and what's going to be going out I, I haven't actually met a contractor who's really good at doing that. I mean, the, the, their expectation versus reality is almost never the same. And so that's why it's really important to, you know, have your accounting system, whether it's, it's QuickBooks for most, most of the smaller contractors, that's the most cost efficient way. Um, whether it's the desktop version, the online version is a, is a conversation that can be had, but it just, when you're actually recording your financial transactions and, and, and showing like what you're actually spending your money on and where your money is coming in from. And when you're doing it on a more accrual, I mean, most contractors kind of operate on a cash basis. When you're doing it on a more accrual basis of, okay, I've, let's say you have credit with a, with a supplier. So you go out and you're able to acquire materials and they don't require you to pay for 30 days. If you're you know, lucky for that lucky enough to have that kind of credit relationship with your suppliers, then you've got to remember, like I've got this big cost coming up that I have to pay in 30 days. And if you're just relying on your bank account, sometimes you forget things like that. Um, but if you're you know, recording things in QuickBooks, you'll be able to kind of spot those things and, and have a better sense of when your bills are going to be coming due and, and when you might have money coming in the door. Um, and I, I actually, I kind of have a story I'd like to share about a particular client um, that I've had recently talking about how they were hesitant to, you know, pay more for an accountant, um, but how, how I was able to really help their business in a really short period of time. Is it okay if I go ahead and share that story? Oh yeah, please. No, that's, that's, sure. that's what we want. So this was a, this is a roofing uh, company that came to me. They do re residential roofing um, down in Florida and it's a husband and wife. Um, they've owned their business for about four years. They, uh, came to me uh, kind of freaking out because they had they had an accountant who was doing their monthly bookkeeping, uh, but wasn't really helping them understand the, the results. Uh, so they weren't really having a meeting to sit down to kind of go over their balance sheet and their profit and loss on a frequent basis. So they got uh, their kind of half year profit and loss uh, for, actually it wasn't even half year, it was January through May 
of this year from their previous account. And we're just shocked at how, how bad the numbers were, like how big the loss was on their profit and loss. I mean, it was a few hundred thousand dollars in loss just in the first five months of the year. So they came to me, they, they were referred to me by a, 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 an attorney that uh, works closely with them and, and that I have a relationship with. And they came to me and were like, these numbers can't be real. <laughs> like help us figure out what our actual numbers are. Um, and so we uh, kind of, we set up a relationship and I started working with them really closely um, for a good sized fee um, for me. Um, and within the first two weeks of working with them, I helped them figure out where exactly their business stood. And unfortunately, it wasn't much better. It was a little bit better than, than what they had previously been shown. I found a few mistakes in their bookkeeping, but nothing major. Um, but they, they unfortunately, they had fortunately received some really large PPP loans. Um, they got a sizable one in 2020, and then they got another larger PPP loan um, paycheck protection loan um, from the federal government back in March of this year. And that cash influx had kind of, when they were kind of looking at their bank account saying, oh, we've got money in our bank account, that had really masked the fact the profitability on their jobs had tanked in the last few months because their material costs from their suppliers had increased exponentially. Um, and mm. they had not been passing on that price increase mm. to their customers. They had done one price increase so far in 2021, and it was only 4%, which Yikes. was not even close to being able to cover the price increases that they were getting from the material supplier. Materials for roofing are through the roof here. No pun intended. That was not supposed to be. <laughs> and, yeah, crazy. So, I mean, going even further with the story, they once I once we met after that first couple of weeks, and I said, these are really your numbers. Like, it is almost as bad as you were expecting, they were like, we've got to shut this business down. This isn't worth it. They actually have the luxury. They, they have another business that is a bit more profitable, um, but they, they were ready to shut their business down. And I said, hold on a second. <laughs> Let's think about this. Um, and we, we spent about a week putting together a forecast um, for the end of the year. And I said, okay, if, if you raise your prices 10%, which you know, it can be a lot at one at one time. Um, of course, you're always worried about losing, you know, potential customers when you raise your prices such a large amount at one time, or other, as opposed to, you know, over a period of time. But I was like, if you raise your prices 10%, I was able to show them, this is what your numbers could look like by the end of the year. We can actually get you back to the point where you are still losing just a little bit in 2021, but not a lot at all, especially compared to where you are now. And then we looked forward even into 2022 and 2023. And I helped show them like, if we stay on top of looking at these job costs and making sure that you're making a set amount of profit on each job, this is what it can actually look like. And they could turn off three to $400,000 a year, um, just kind of with the same number of people that they've got right now, they've got about 25 employees. They don't sub most of their workout. They they have employees, and and that that kind of lit a fire in them. Like that's that's really exciting. Like we can do that. So the last few weeks we've been working on kind of building out a system in their in their accounting system to make sure we're tracking costs for all of their jobs so that we'll know exactly how much they're making on each job, and we'll be able to kind of know that on a real time basis. So that's going to have a really huge impact um, on their business. Well, I'm glad they found you. You know, I, 
I, they must realize that they were crushing the competition, underbidding everybody for, for the whole period that they were losing money. Well, I so mean, they, I mean, they, they feel How, like I mean, their, their competition is kind of in line with where they were. Mm. But I, I told them, I was like, do you, are, are you guys in a race to go bankrupt? Like, <laughs> right. They, Why, they, and do, are you getting every single job you bid? Yes. They were getting a lot of it. So yeah. um, I just, and, and we've raised their prices just a few weeks ago and they're not seeing a decrease in the number of jobs they're winning. Um, so I, I, I know a lot of people are hesitant to kind of increase their rates frequently, but you don't have to, it's a, it's a test. Like you can raise your prices and if you get feedback that's saying what, you're way overpriced, you can cut back on it. It's, it's not permanent. Um, I think a lot of people think that, you know, when you do raise your prices, it's, it's gotta be this and it's going to be that. I mean, you're in control. You always kind of get to, you get to determine what it is. And if you, you know, you, based on the feedback you get by how many jobs you win, um, that's going to tell you kind of where the market's at. And I think it's important. I agree. I think it's important that in doing that, you also kind of know the percentage increases. So when, if someone says, wow, that number's, you know, way higher than I was expecting. Even though on the phone, they said they have no idea how much it's going to cost. They, it always changes when you give them a number, but uh, that you say, you can say, hey, this is the percent increase that shingles went up in this time period right here. This is what it went up last week. Mm-hmm. And they just told us there's going to be another increase. You know, the steel has gone up this much. I definitely can relate this summer uh, on a bunch of my jobs, there were little increases just in the period where they gave me the down payment to the, to the final payment. And you know, it's roofs. So it's a couple of weeks mm-hmm. max between start and finish. And there was a little increase, you know, here and there. And I let a lot of it go. Cause I was, it was all, it's already expensive enough this year. And I was just like, okay, tiny increase. I'm not gonna, I should, but I didn't <laughs> on all of it. I I wasn't losing money. It wasn't a bad, it's just, you know. The way to frame it is it's your decision. So you get to decide whether or not to pass that cost onto your customer or or to decide whether or not you're going to eat that increase. That's your decision as Mm -hmm. the business owner. Yeah. And for longer term projects, that's a much bigger deal. Like on a a new house, all the people building custom homes this year, Mm -hmm. that's just a roller coaster ride. It's been really difficult. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I won't, I won't, you know, tell you what I charged that particular roofing company uh, for that work, but, and it, it wasn't a small fee. It was actually quite a significant fee, significantly more than what they were paying um, their previous accountant, but they've been able to see the difference. They know, they now know so much more about their business and where they're making money or where they're losing money, where they had been losing money. And they just didn't know that before. So a lot of times, you know, you might get sticker shock when you meet with a really qualified accountant or a CPA. Um, and it, it, it's just, sometimes it can feel like a little bit of a leap of faith. And it, I feel like it was that for my roofing company um, client. They, I mean, <laughs> they had seen numbers that said we had lost several hundreds of thousands of dollars so far this year, but they, um, one, I, I, I'm lucky enough to have a, a good enough reputation where people trust me and they had been referred to me by someone who they trust and so they, they felt comfortable um, going with, a, you know, a, a large fee because they felt like I could really help them. Um, and, and that's, that's, you know, turned out to be, they're very, 
they thank me all the time. They want me to move to Florida, um, which I awesome. don't intend to do, but it, mm. it just spending a little bit, bit of money kind of upfront to work with a really good accountant will benefit your business in the long run. Well, yeah. And that's a, that's a parallel to our industry as a contractor. You know, you put in a lot of, t you, t you went back through their books and sleuthed out all the problems. I mean, that's a lot of time. It was, it, it was it, a lot it, of time. It, it's more time than, than like knowing what's going on as you're going through it. Mm -hmm. So, so you got to get paid. And that's the thing about, you know, builders is we got to spend money to make money and we want to get paid. We want to get paid top dollar for what we do. It takes years for us to figure out that we're worth more than we are. Mm -hmm. And you got to, you got to, you got to charge. Yep. So, and that investment, yeah, it's great that they're so happy with it. Cause when you compare the investment to a loss to pay someone to teach you about this, it's nothing. It's real. I mean, in the, in the grand scheme, it's making you money. Yeah. Well, I mean, itself, even if, even if they had decided to, you know, stop, stop with their roofing business. I've, I've educated them um, so much on, on how to run a business. And cause I mean, I talk, yes, I talk the ins and outs of accounting, but it's so much more than just the debits and credits um, of things. It's, it's kind of how to, you know, just how to know how in QuickBooks, how do you know who owes you money at a particular point in time? Um, particularly when you're working on, when you're a roofer and you've got lots of different projects going on at the same time, it becomes more difficult as you scale your business. And, and so they've been able to kind of just learn from me um, how to, and I think that this particular couple will be in entrepreneurship, regardless of whether or not they keep doing this roofing company for decades or just a few years, I think they'll still be entrepreneurs. And, and I know that I've helped them learn more about the financial side of running a business. That's great. Um, <clears throat> I wish them luck. Yeah, me too. They're doing yeah. great right now. Um, they're excited about the price increase. They're starting to see the benefits. Their, their sales team is excited about it because we're giving them data now um, on a job by job basis to say, you know, we expected that we were going to make this much on a job. This is what we actually made. And there, we can kind of have a conversation about where, where things may have gone wrong or where things really went right. And that feedback, that data is so helpful as you go into the next job. That's, that's information you really have to, you have to take time to sit down and look back at the jobs as you finish them and, and see what, what information and, and lessons you can learn from it. Absolutely. Um, we must keep learning. And, and when you work with an accountant, you kind of have that and you're working with them on an ongoing basis that gives you time. It, it makes you dedicate time to actually look at those things. When you're not working with an accountant and you're just doing things on your own, it's easy to just blow that off. Um, but again, it kind of goes back to that accountability piece of working with an accountant. Yeah. We as builders should be out looking for more work, mm -hmm. not doing our books. We should be focusing on what we're really good at, which is yeah, not so whether or not that's sales or, or <clears throat> you know, managing employees, if you have them like figure out the thing that you're really good at, the thing that's going to really grow and help your business be successful and do what you want it to do and, and do that and outsource the things that you don't like to do or take you too much time uh, to people who are really good at it. Um, that's going to be what's going to make your business successful. Yeah. Pass on the hats. Give them to someone yep. else. 
Um, okay. On your Instagram account, you refer to yourself as a virtual CFO. I do. So, and so rather than a CPA, can you take a second to elaborate on the difference for the audience? Sure. So I'm a certified public accountant, a CPA. I'm licensed in the state of North Carolina. Uh, a lot of times people think that if you're a CPA, that just means that you do income taxes. And I actually, I don't prepare income taxes for any of my clients. It's not an area that I have ever really been very excited about, you know, being involved in. I know enough about how to prepare income taxes to be able to help my clients plan for things, but I outsource, you know, the income tax preparation and kind of planning things to other people who are much more excited about that than I am. So I one thing that I want to get across to your audience is CPA does not always equal just income taxes. So I actually became a CPA because when I started my career, I was an auditor for a public accounting firm. And that was a requirement for the firm that I, I worked at. In order to get promoted at the firm, you had to get your CPA license. Um, in the United States, you have to be a CPA in order to actually sign your name on an audit report, um, which I was, I never got to the level of being a partner or director at that firm where I would actually be signing audit reports. But there's so many things that CPAs do that are just outside of income taxes. So I want to make that clear to your audience that CPA does not equal tax uh, in a lot of instances. And in a lot of instances, your tax preparer may not be a CPA. So there could be an enrolled agents who are preparing your tax returns, uh, or you know, maybe they don't even have any you know, particular qualification. There are a lot of really talented tax preparers who have never passed a test to say, I'm good at preparing tax returns. Mm -hmm. um, it, just, it just depends. So I call myself a virtual CFO because in a lot of instances from my clients, I work as their CFO from a virtual location. So I've got clients uh, kind of all over the states from Florida to California, um, where I, I take a more active role in helping to run their business. So I will stay on top of their, their cash flow situation and make sure that you know, they're being paid on time for things or that they're paying their bills on time, but not too early. And I just take a more active role in helping monitor the financial situation of their business. Um, that is, a bit more than your standard kind of bookkeeper relationship where a bookkeeper is generally just classifying transactions um, as they happen in your business, making sure that things are reported properly um, in your books. And a CFO will really kind of, that's an important piece of it, but a CFO will really help you make financial decisions within your business. Okay. Um, and I know that you, you, you know, you just clearly said you don't do the tax stuff. But do you help people as a CFO, if they're setting up their business, guide them on what kind of tax structure they should have? Because I didn't do it right when I started out because a buddy said, you should form an LLC. And I was like, all right, okay. And I did. <laughs> and then later on, my accountant is like, why did you do this? Like, who, what have you done? <laughs> Look, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, Generally, I don't work with a lot of businesses that are kind of just getting started because 
unfortunately, a lot of businesses that are just getting started normally don't want to pay the, the fees that I, I charge, unfortunately. Um, but I can't help with those kinds of decisions. I, I'm as a virtual CFO, I, if I don't know the answer, I have built up enough relationships with people in many different areas to help, help you figure out who would know that answer. So, you know, if we're talking about a particular tax structure, there's both a legal and a tax, you know, side to that that equation. So you would also want to talk to an attorney as you're making that assessment. So there's really no like there's no one right answer for a particular situation. Your situation is going to be different from the next contractor situation. So you really have to talk to, unfortunately, multiple parties to really make an educated decision on that. And as your CFO, I help I help guide you to those people who, who would know the answer and would be able to really provide solid advice to you if I don't know the answer. Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. I, because my experience is this, is I did it wrong. And then when I finally got to a, a CPA who was more dialed to me, because I did go through a different one first, who was a disaster, because, well, I'll leave that. But we had to change so much. So there was all these amendments and all these extra forms that needed to be filled out. Mm -hmm. And she's like going through the pile with me. She said, this one's $250. This one's $250. This one's $150. And I'm going, if I had just set it up at the beginning, this wouldn't be happening. And so I, I back paid probably all that money and yeah. more because of the mistakes I made. Cause I thought I knew what I was doing. That's, that's why I recommend that you, I know, I know in the beginning stages of your, your business, it's so easy to just want to DIY everything, but it's, especially as it relates to setting your business up from a legal perspective, it is so worth it to make that investment on the front end, as opposed to, you know, a few years down the line, and then you figure out that you've, you've made a big mistake or something, you know, something could really cost you. You could run into the situation where from a tax perspective, you really made the wrong mistake and that could, that could come along with a hefty tax bill. So it's worth the investment upfront to start things off on a good solid footing as opposed to doing it a few years down the road, which I guess is something that you learned. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> trying to help other people not make all the mistakes I made, at least a few of them. So all right. How, how, if someone's listening to this, how should they find a bookkeeper? Because I stumbled upon mine. I mean, I, I, my first one, I got stories that my first bookkeeper was just, uh, I can't, I, I was such a small town. If you ever heard this, but it was really bad. They referred me to a CPA who restructured my business in a way for like something that has nothing to do with construction. Mm. And then I came upon mine because she takes care of all of the local businesses in the little part of the community where I live. Mm. And, and she's great. Um, but it was, it was luck. Mm. So I didn't have a guidance. I didn't have a way before that to, to, to figure it out. So what, what would you tell people to do? It is helpful if you, you know, if you're a contractor and you have other contractor friends, ask them who they're working with, who, if they, if they have an accountant that they really love, 
And if they do, great, have a meeting with that person. And, and now, you know, post or, you know, we're still trying to come out of the pandemic, but we know now that a lot of people can work virtually. You don't necessarily have to have an account in your town. Now, there are going to be a lot of people who like being able to drive down the street and have an in-person meeting with their accountant. And if that's, this, if that's you know, how you are and you feel so much comfort, more comfortable with an actual face-to-face -face meeting, then that's where you're going to really have to start asking around the business community in your area to see who's really reliable, who's who can I count on? Who has done something really great for you? But from a contractor perspective, you absolutely have to have someone who works with contractors or works in the construction industry. There are a lot of really specific construction, finance and accounting related things that your general bookkeepers or accountants don't know if they aren't actively working with contractors and, and people in the construction industry. Construction accounting is more difficult than basic accounting. And construction accounting is not taught in, in schools. I didn't learn any of it when I was going through college, doing my master's degree. I learned on the job when I acquired a construction uh, client. And then I became you know, the controller of a, a couple of construction companies. That's really where you learn how to do it and how to do it really effectively and most efficiently. You have to have construction clients. So that's that's my biggest thing. Your your most important criteria when searching out a bookkeeper or an accountant or a CPA for your contracting or construction business is that they have other contractors or construction businesses as clients. That's the most important thing. But then and we know now after going through the pandemic that you can work virtually. All my clients, actually, I don't have any local clients in my town. All my clients are virtually, you know, states away from me. Um, and we work very effectively. We hop on Zoom meetings and we, you know, talk <laughs> virtually face-to-face -face, um, as frequently as we need to. So it kind of, it kind of feels like we're in person. Um, but you just, you really want to make sure that they have the construction experience. They know what job costing is and how to do it. That's really the most important thing um, from a construction accounting standpoint. Um, and yeah, just getting referrals from people, you know, um, is another really good idea. I think in the beginning, uh, ego stands in the way of a lot of people asking other contractors questions like this. It does. It everybody does. thinks they should have their <laughs> act together already. And I'm like, oh, if you're like you, the more experienced contractors know you have no experience. So that they'd be glad to share with you what yeah. to do, but you're just not asking. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we're in an age now where since people can work virtually, just, I mean, there, there are a ton of construction related CPA, I mean, you can Google it. I mean, of course, I would, I would love to talk to, you know, potential contractors who are listening about how I, how I could work with them, but I mean, just, just search people out, just Google construction CPA um, in your area um, or construction bookkeeper in your area. Um, but just make sure that they have contractor clients. That is the most important criteria. So the other really important thing that I wanted to say is that hiring an accountant, that decision does not have to be permanent. So let's say after two or three months, you realize that you're really just not gelling with this, this person that you've hired. Maybe you just really don't like their personality, or maybe they're not meeting the deadlines that you set or you just, you just know that they're, they're not your person. It's, it's not a permanent decision. You can hire someone else. 
Um, and and I, I encourage people to not sign really long-term contracts um, with an accountant off the bat because you don't want to get into a situation where you tie yourself to work with this particular accountant for 12 months or a year when you, you've never worked with them before. So I, I generally start with, you know, a three-month contract for a lot of my clients because it gives me time to really get to know their business. Um, but it also, it provides an off-ramp. If after three months we decide we, you know, maybe this is not the, the relationship we thought it would be, um, there's an off-ramp for us to kind of, you know, separate ways. And, and, and sometimes that hasn't happened to me yet, but I like having the option of, you know, I, I may not know what it's like to work with you as a client. Maybe you're not the client I thought that you would be, or maybe, you know, just our personalities aren't getting along. Um, and having that off-ramp, I think, is important. So know that the decision to hire an accountant, a particular accountant, is, is not permanent. That is a good a good uh, thing to know. And as a contractor, sometimes there's. I think I think you mentioned this earlier. You you hired someone, and then you kind of just did you kind of like once you figured out they weren't the right person, you kind of just gave up for a little bit of time. You know, did you? Say I didn't want to tell the story, but because it's really <laughs> embarrassing for her. But you know, I showed up the first time she did my books, and she was drunk out of her mind, bouncing off the walls of her house, and her dog bit me when I got on my truck. Oh, my God. And, oh, yeah. And she handed me the wrong folder like five times. And I was I could not believe because this person came highly recommended. Wow. And it was noon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, see, so, so that's, that's why it's last. important to make sure that you're you're not signing a really long term contract with a particular accountant, um, because you need that ability to kind of say this isn't working out. Um, you know, and go and go a separate way. But the, the key piece there is you. You have to still, like, if you've made the decision to hire an accountant and to outsource that piece of your business and you find someone and you don't love them first, you have to keep looking. You can't just give up and say, this is not for me, um, because there are so many really qualified and great accountants out there who will be able to help your business. You just, it's like, a, it's like finding the right therapist. Uh, I know a lot of contractors who are a little hesitant to, you know, go to therapy. We don't need therapy. <laughs> I, I started seeing a therapist, you know, last year and it was hugely beneficial and I got lucky. I gelled instantly with the person that I found instantly, but I know a lot of people who go through several therapists to find that person who's really going to help you. And it, you just have to keep, you just have to keep looking um, because there are really qualified people out there. I agree. You need to keep looking. Um, and it's similar. It, 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 it's a parallel to the relationship contractors have with their clients. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I meet people and I'm like, you should work with this contractor because <laughs> you guys will get along a lot better than we will. I mean, exactly. you have to get along. You have to, you have to have a good communication. You can't, you can't force communication in these mm -hmm. situations. That kind of goes back to, to something else that I, I would like to talk about when you're hiring an accountant is, in order to have a really productive relationship with your bookkeeper, accountant, or CPA, there, there are some things that you have to do to be a good client. You, I mean, it's, it's, you have to develop a relationship where you're communicating both ways. Your accountant should be communicating to you, but you have to be communicating to your accountant. When you're making a really big decision, you need to talk to your accountant. When you decide that you're going to go out and buy a huge new piece of equipment and finance it, 
That's something you should talk to your accountant about. Your accountant really doesn't want to be surprised by, you know, really big things when, I mean, you can make a decision that could negatively affect your business. And had you talked to your accountant, just given them a heads up, they might've, you know, been able to say, did you consider this? Did you consider this? Um, and, and maybe they could have saved you from making a, a financial mistake um, just by talking to them. So the communication really has to go both ways. And when you're hiring an accountant, you, you get to help set expectations. You get to decide the frequency on which they're going to work with you. I recommend monthly just to stay up to date. Um, it could be quarterly in some instances if you're really small and there's not a lot of activity in your business, but the frequency is something you get to decide. The scope of work is something you get to decide. So maybe you just need someone who can just categorize your transactions in your QuickBooks file. Or maybe you need more of a CFO level person who can really help you make those more detailed financial decisions. That, that scope of work is something that you get to decide as the business owner. Um, and, and deadlines too. So let's say you work with an accountant on a monthly basis and you want your reports by the 15th of every month. That's a decision you get to make. And then there will be a timeline where you have to provide certain things to your accountant by X date of the month so that you can get your reports by the 15th of every month. But you're, you really get to drive those decisions. Yeah, that communication is super important. There's nothing like your accountant saying, I wish you'd told me that about <laughs> a large sum of money that should have been put yeah, into a different I, category. I wish I could say I've never said that, but hmm. that would be a lie. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could say I never heard it a couple of times. <laughs> okay. Um, that's that communication is super important and it's something I think is really overlooked because well and I work I work really hard with my clients to develop a relationship where I am very honest and upfront with them so that they feel comfortable being completely honest and upfront with me um, and that they they know that they can come to me with a question and I will address it like I'm not going to ignore your questions um, it's it's something I work really hard at is to build trust with my clients in the follow-up episode to this one, we're going to talk about job costing, knowing your numbers, cash flow, and forecasting. Four things that are generally overlooked by contractors. Kendra and I are going to school, and we both have some great stories um, about how this has gone for us, um, her on the winning end and me on the losing end. All right, you guys, that's all I got. Later. Thanks for listening today. Go ahead and email me if you want to be on the show or want to tell me what you like or don't like about it. At my email, info at thecontractinghandbook.com. And this is where I say, if you have not subscribed, please subscribe wherever you source your podcast. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. Later.